Rock'em, X2M, 169, Quatrain. Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat me up, they ate up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. And though war arises against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I've asked of the Lord, and that will I seek, to inquire for, to insistently require, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and be in his presence all the days of my life. That I want to behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness and delight and loveliness of the Lord. I want to meditate and consider. I want to inquire in his temple. For the day of trouble, he will hide me in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent, he hides me. And he will set me high upon a rock. And now my, shall my head be lifted up above my enemies all around me. In his tent I offer sacrifice and shouting of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud and have mercy and be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. And my heart says to you, your face, Lord, I will seek it. And I will inquire for it, and I will require the necessity and the authority of your word. Hide not your face from me, turn not your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Cast me not off, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and my mother have forsaken me, yet the Lord will take me up. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me in a point and even path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me. They breathe out cruelty and violence. What would it become of us if we had not believed that we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and be of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Amen.
ourselves to NASA And we give you ourselves Tune us into our instruments We give you ourselves We give you ourselves Tune us, oh, tune us We give you ourselves
So on a guitar, there's all these the different strings, and there's certain notes. Like one of the strings is G. So when I play the key, when I play the chord G, the string itself, without even being hit, starts to vibrate. It's called sympathetic strings. So I have this feeling when we first started. That's why I kind of pulled everything down because I'm trying to figure out what we're doing. But if I'm not playing in the key of G and the string starts vibrating. It creates dissonance. It creates this, like, ooh, that's not working. Something's not working. It's like clashing, and I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is, but it kept failing. It kept feeling this dissonance happening, like these sympathetic strings going on in the different keys. So, Lord, I just ask that you attune us. And.、Uh, While this is happening, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me and saying that there's some issues of despondency、uh, before Him and I talked, and despair、uh, that may be going on in your life. And before we can ascend together, like taking over your person, I want to ask you to come forward. We're going to pray over you. Or if if you're feeling this like dissonance, like something's not you know coming off right, or I'm dealing with some despondency. Uh, just come up here, swing, pray over you, and then, and then I have a word for you out of、um, Matthew chapter 11. Okay, Helen, and you know, don't not being like, like highlight or something like that in wrong ways. Just、uh, to hear this word from the Lord、uh, to help you, because in in the ascent、uh, process that we're going through together corporately. Uh, the Lord has told me so many times. He said, "You can't." You know, I said, "I just want to run up there into the heavens and just get like encounter you." And He said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down, slow down." I, because I'm wanting a corporate expression in this room where we go up together. And it's okay, Lord. And he's, this morning, he's like, "This afternoon, hey, slow down. I've got some places I'm wanting to heal and some issues just right off the bat." So we're going to go ahead.、And、he says, "I want you."、Uh, tells me, "I want you to go to Matthew chapter 11." And I'm gonna read this over, over you. At that time, Matthew 11:25. At that time, Jesus began to say, "I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the clever and the learned, and you've revealed, you've revealed them to babies, even so much so what may appear to be what's childish." Unskilled, untaught, where the Lord would even keep things out of the major milieu of life, but He's would reveal Himself in a context of many times in, of hiddenness, in a place of quietness, in a place of unknowing or anonymity. And Jesus is praising、uh, His Father for this wisdom that He has and hiding. Information, but only giving it to a childlike heart. And he says, "Yes, Father, I praise you that such is your gracious will and your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted and delivered to me by the Father, and no one fully knows and accurately understands the Son except the Father." And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Father, except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son deliberately wills to make Him known. 
And then it, he says, as Jesus coming on this line, he says this, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor. You're experiencing despair. You're experiencing heavy ladenness. You're experiencing despondency. You're experiencing dissonance in your life. Come to me, you are heavy laden. You're feeling overburdened, pressed down, like things are coming in on you and you can't handle it. Come to me, and I will cause you to rest. I will give you peace that passes your understanding for your soul. The Lord can bring a freedom and take that self-introspection, that problem, whatever we are, that we are facing in our daily life sometimes, and I will ease you, I will relieve you, and I will give you refreshment for your soul. Take my yoke. Get yoked up with me and learn of me. I'm gentle. The Lord is meek, meaning that he restrains himself from acting in a powerful way for the good of another. This is my nature. I'm, I'm meek. I'm lowly in heart. What does he mean? I'm dependent. Just like a child would be, I'm fully dependent. God who comes down out of eternity exhibited these two traits. And he said, this is, if you're going to take a learning, if you're going to have an experience of growing and learning something, if you're going to go to school and get educated on anything, we're going to talk about God, man, the man, Jesus Christ, learning me these two qualities, pursue meekness and pursue humility. <clears throat> and he says, if you do, you will find rest for your soul. You will find this rest that you crave. You will find relief and you'll find the ease and you'll find refreshment. You'll find recreation. You'll find the blessed quiet for your soul. Find this peace. We all are after. Every unbeliever, every believer is after this great rest on the human heart. We're seeking for home, all of us are. Some of us are trying to find it in all the wrong places, have, have looked in all the wrong places. We've come to the end of ourselves. And at the end of ourselves, many times we, despair could come in. This thing that we've been doing is not working. And the word I said, I, I believe he would say to us, pursue. Pursue this methodology. Pursue this meekness. Pursue dependency. Pursue the childlike way. And I'll give you rest. My yoke, the Lord says, is wholesome. It's useful. It's not harsh. It's not hard. It's not sharp. It doesn't press in. It's comfortable. I'm gracious, says the Lord. I'm the pleasant one. My burden is light. And it's easy to bear with.
when he comes. Take a deep breath. Breathe in. Christ within us 
Oh 
Impossible. 
there's nothing impossible And God is love And God is love I will not be afraid And God is love And God is love Nothing is impossible chains of my circumstance walk on the waves of the storm and I want to dance on the chains of my circumstance walk on the waves of the storm because there's nothing is impossible for those who believe that God is love and nothing is impossible for those who believe that God is love. Mm. When God is love, and God is love, and I won't be afraid. God is love, and God is. And I will live out these dreams you have placed in me Shout down the walls of fear And I will live out These dreams you have placed in me Shout down the walls of fear Oh, because nothing is impossible For those who believe That God is love Nothing is impossible for those who believe that God is love. Oh, and God is love, and God is love, and I won't be afraid. And God is love, and God is love, and nothing is impossible. And God is love, and God is love, I won't be afraid. God is love, and God is love, nothing is impossible.
mountain I can slay the giants Ooh, I can raise the dead I can free the nations In Christ in you Not some God way off In some ethereal, non-realistic world Christ in you Oh in me pouring out rivers of living waters letting out a smell letting out a fire letting out a water burning right Christ in us not Christ in us I can scale the wall I can move a mountain I can slay the giants With you on my side I can raise the dead I can free the nations Oh, watch me fly God is love It's just not something He gives out It is Him Oh, what is there to be afraid of And God is love Oh of your dwelling places Christ the hope of glory like a fresh spring water oh as surely as the dawn or a coming rain oh Christ the hope of glory as sure as dawn or as the coming rain Christ, the hope of glory. Oh, I can scale the wall. I can move a mountain. I can slay the giants with you by my side. I can raise the dead. I can free the nation. Christ inside the hope of glory. And God is love. And God is I won't be afraid God is love God is love And nothing is impossible God is love God is love I won't be afraid Mm-hmm.
Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give to you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away your stony heart and out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you. I'll cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall be and heed my ordinances and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers. And you shall be my people, and I'll be your God. I'll save you from all your uncleanliness. I'll call forth the grain. I'll make it abundant and lay no famine on you. I'll multiply the fruit of the tree. I'll multiply the increase of your field that you may no more suffer the reproach and disgrace of famine among the nations. And then you shall earnestly remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good. And you shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for the iniquities and for the abominable deeds. And not for your sake do I do this, says the Lord, but let it be known to you. Let it be known to you, be ashamed and confounded of your own wicked ways, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, in the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause Israel's cities to be inhabited. I will cause the waste places to be filled and rebuilt. And the desolate land shall be filled, that which is lain desolate in the sight of all who pass by. And they will say, this land, land that was desolate. Oh, it's become like a garden, like a garden called Eden land. Oh, Lord, and all the waste and the desolate ruined cities all over this nation will be fortified and inhabited. And the nations that are left around you, all of them will know that the Lord has done this, that the Lord has rebuilt his city and replanted that which used to be desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. Mm, says the Lord God for this. I will let you, Israel, inquire of me. And I will increase, I will increase your men like a flock and like the flock of holy things for sacrifice, and like the flock in Jerusalem. In your appointed feast, so shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men. And they shall know and understand and realize, I am, I am, I am the sovereign ruler. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I called for I called for obedient services. Bless the name of the Lord, you saints. Give praise to the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord, all you saints, and worship the Lord. 
to the catching away. The, the catching away of the bride. Multi, multi, multi colored light. A light of a slipstream. Moving up into the expanse of the heavens. fully known, known as you're known, known by the beloved, known by the son, let yourself be caught away, the affection of the human heart, satisfied in one, Namely the Lord, namely the Lord exalted. The drink catching away. and fashioned for him, designed for him, made for him. Eternal hand thrusting itself down into dimensional space, grabbing a hold of us, pulling us up. Here we go.
with him. Open your mouth and agree. Say yes or no, but don't stay in the middle. Open your mouth and agree, and agree, and agree. Oh, it's either yes or no, yes or no. Come with me, oh, come with me, yeah. Open your mouth and shout, oh, and shout. Watch for the walls come tumbling down. Open your mouths and agree with a shout. Until all that's within you that he made comes out, comes out. Once was dead is now alive. Open your mouth and shout. Oh. Jericho cannot stand forever. It's not as strong as you think that it is. Open your mouth. Open your mouth, open your mouth. Jericho is not as strong as you think. It's not as strong as you think. It may seem daunting. Oh, open, open your mouth. Open, open, open your mouth. I can only have one, two, three, four, opening their mouths in agreement with me, releasing the sound of my word, the sound of my voice, then cities would fall, then cities would fall, but there always seems to be a selfish part that's wanting more, more than what I am, 
But there is nothing else than me Oh, Jericho will fall Jericho will fall Don't you worry Cause us to be limitless. Eternal life pervade onto us. of sin. Take our self-conscious, social conscious constructs off of us. It's for freedom that you came to set us free.
was made for you to rest in me. Lord, find yourself a resting place. Rest on us, Lord.
And he has torn us into pieces. But now is the time he will heal. Breakthrough over you, <clears throat> breakthrough in your family, your extended families. Speak breakthrough over your businesses. Speak the blessing of the Lord over your your business initiatives, your business endeavors, the ministries that you've been called to. Breakthrough is here for you, for your your children. For some of you, your children's children. Breakthrough is here for transformation for, for you. You know, that which is cosmological, when we ascend into heavens, it's also reality about our everyday life. It's soteriological. The Lord seeks to save and to heal and deliver in every area of our life, every facet of our life. And I just pray over you right now for breakthrough. 
situations that have been unresolvable. That's what breakthrough is. It's for unresolved conflict, unresolved issues, things that you haven't been able to, no matter what you've done in regards to mediating conflict or trying to restore or fix things, you haven't been able to get a breakthrough. I want to speak this over you. The blessing of the Lord over you. Your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He seeks to restore, to make all things new. The areas that seemed like that they just, just can't get a breakthrough today. Let it, let it be. Let that be the case. The miracle that you need, the provision that you need, the relational dynamic that you need. The Lord is here to meet and heal and deliver. And he loves you. He delights in you. And out of the delight of our Father, He wants to rain down His goodness on you. He cares for you. And you cast your cares to Him, for He cares for you. Don't say anymore that it can't be done or it just is not going to work out. It's unbelievable. It's impossible. No longer. For that which is impossible with man is possible with God. Some of you are right on the precipice of of this has has been going on in your life for years. The Lord is telling me this right now. He's, do not let go of the word of God that has been spoke concerning you. Do not let go of it. It's it's just right there. Right there, right, right now. asking yourself, as I would be asking myself, why does that guy have on sunglasses? And why do I? Because this bright light hurts my eyes. <laughs> uh, these lights shining. No, that's not why. Um, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, the, the Lord, well, this is going to seem odd, but I think we're used to that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Or maybe this is really taking the oddity level up to another notch. <laughs> but anyways, I was uh, one morning, Kara and I went over to uh, Fletcher Park to, because the Lord had said to me, he said, you're playing games with me. And I was like, no, 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 I'm your guy. I, I really like you and you like me and I like do whatever you want me to. And he said, nope, you're playing games with me. And I said, no, nah, you know, I'm, 
I'm not. And he, well, but you know when the Lord tells you you're doing something, that's probably what you're doing. And I said, what do you mean? And he says, you know, I want proje- uh, protracted time with you. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. I want more time with you. You're not spending enough time with me. And, you know, and I probably spend, I don't know, maybe a few hours a day with the Lord. And he's, it's not enough. I want to hang out with you all the time. And uh, because, you know, I'm, the Lord's into this effectual union that we're, we're experiencing in worship today. And, he, and I was like, you mean, like what? He says, well, you know, like Enoch, he, he walked with God. You guys know this? He walked with God and he was what? Not. <laughs> he was not. And I, and I said, oh, well, am I supposed to be a was not? You know, I was a have not, and now I'm like a was not. I mean, is that what you're after, is was nots instead of have nots and a not on the head? <laughs> what kind of not do you want? I want a was not. And uh, so I remember the Lord saying that, and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this because the weekend before, it's during covid and um, Karen and I, it's the middle of the night, and um, I wake up all of a sudden, and I can't breathe. And I'm pan- I panicked, and I, I run, and I throw myself on the floor, and I'm rolling around the floor, and I'm mourning my death, like saying, you know, I'm dead. I'm a dead man. I'm dead. I know I'm dead. It's over with. This thing's over. <laughs> and, um, you know, Karen's probably like, would you please just get up? I mean, what is the matter with you? You're so introspective. I was like, no, you know, ah! It's just pulling my life force out, you know. And well, how do you even talk if something's pulling your life force out? I was like, ah, you know. And I, I don't know if y'all are familiar with life forces. I wasn't. I didn't even know we had one. I didn't know that we were being animated by. I know we're being animated by a soul, but I didn't realize that that soul was like really running the human body and by the spirit, you know. And I'm and that thing is in charge. If you start to pull this thing out. And I said, man, I'm thinking in my mind, no wonder everybody's panicking on COVID. But I had no symptoms. And I thought, what is going on? And so it just lasts for a while. And then Kara's like, rebukes the devil. And it's like, leave him alone. And, um, and then I get up and I'm, well, we, we were going to go to the emergency room because I thought, I'm dying, I'm dead. And I mean, I knew my life is flashed all before me. I knew it was over. I said, Lord, what was that? He said, you know, you can read about it in Revelation chapter 9, verse 11. And you can also read about it in Amos 9, chapter 11. And I thought, and it was on the 9-11 like weekend. And I thought, this is interesting. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this. So the Lord like says it's Amos 9-11, Revelation 9-11. Revelation 9-11 is about this Apollyon coming up out of an abyss and like the end times, the end of the age. And um, I don't know if you know this, but they say, you know, and they've pretty much proven this by that solarium star mapping thing that we have now, that Jesus was born on 9-11, not on um, 1225. And um, that's uh, 2, I think it's 2 BC, 9-11, the birth of Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ. And so 9-11 is a significant number as we know in our nation as well, right? We've had something happen back on t- in 2001. Some of you weren't there, um, but some of you were. And, uh, but, and so I'm like, Amos 9-11, and if you're familiar with Amos 9-11, it's that the Lord's going to raise up the fallen booth of David in the uh, end times. Uh, Peter's going to talk about it in Acts, that God's going to bring this order of government 
into the earth. I, I like to call it a Davidic monarchy or uh, the royal family is going to come online. We're going to be united together as one. And so it's just, it's just like juxtaposition going on. Yeah, I'm going to move in Amos 9-11, Revelation 9-11. And so I said, Lord, what are you saying? He said, oh, I sent Apollyon to your house to threaten you. And I was like, kind of deal is this? Like, I'm your guy. You know, like send Apollyon over to the house to threaten my life force because you're playing games with me. And now you could say, and I'm sure some of you, Carol, he's lost his noodle, man. No, Lord, it, no one said that. That's totally subjective, is it not? I agree with you. I'm into objective proofs of unseen realities myself. So it's highly subjective. So I brought it down the road. And I kid you not, and you don't have to believe this either. But I said, Lord, was it really Apollyon? And his car pulls in front of me, and on the tag, it says Apollyon. And I was, will that do it for you? And I was like, wow. Man, you sent that guy out of the bottomless of pits like Lucifer's twin brother or something. Don't want to mess with that guy. That's how he got my attention and told me, come and be a was not. <laughs> And man, I was just like, I'm walking that next morning before the Lord and I'm taking in like a vision. And I see myself and I got on this like helmet and these goggles. And um, I'm like, oh man. And the Lord's like, you're going to be wearing this. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And he's like, no, you will. Because when you are, when you are so, how do you put this? You get to the point where you really don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to move in power. <laughs> Because I'm looking for authentic, non-self-awareness going on in, in my people. And I'm looking for this uh, because I'm, I'm going to union myself with my people and make myself one with them. And when I come into the exposure um, and I come to expose who I am, uh, the tendency, and we don't realize this, and maybe you experienced some of this today. Maybe you were swept up in the Lord. But if you're an observer, it's kind of hard. If you're in observation mode in this room, it'll be hard for you. If you're observing some of the oddity out of your own eyes, it'll be hard for you to, like, transfer over into the space that some of us are going into. Why? Because we have this sense about ourselves of um, self-awareness and an awareness of the uh, social awareness of the people that are around us. And it and we've thought that that is kind of like the way to be. And yet the Lord is moving on a people where he comes near. You sort of like, I don't know about y'all, but tense up or whatever and feel awkward because the lover has come near. And the lover who is God comes near to us. It, you can either go ahead like Rob and just lose it because he's a lover. And, and maybe it's because you're in your early 70s. I, I don't know. He's like, you know what? Forget it, man. <laughs> I'm doing this thing, you know, I'm happening, you know, and they do it in the dance, they do it in the dance floor, you know, why not us, you know, <laughs> why not lose yourself in the Lord and just have a good time, and what are we so uptight about, well, I've been uptight my whole life, I was so uptight, I was like going to get in an F-15 strike eagle and bomb all the people I could, you know, defend my country, well, there's the uh, start of this message, I've set a context in a way. Now, the word of the Lord and how he's speaking to me today. I'm really excited about this message, and um, thank you. If you have to leave, I will not take offense. You know, okay, maybe I will, but if you do need to leave, 
It's, uh, I'll try not to take offense because Jesus said to John, he said, blessed are those that are not offended by me. So, if, um, but if you, if you do need to leave or this goes along for you, you're more than free uh, to go. Um, and we love you. All right. So like I'm on my way over here and, you know, as the Lord just, I'm like, what do you want me to say today? I, you know, he called me to be a preacher, but I don't ever know what to say. You know, I'm supposed to be a preacher, supposed to minister a word, but I don't even know what to do. He, he said this to me on the way here. He's like, remember that, that Tinker Taylor soldier spy? Y'all know this? The Tinker Taylor soldier spy? I have one hand back there. James Hess, is that you? British spy movie, also a British spy uh, book, uh, Jean Le Clare. I don't know. I, I'm not French. Kara's French now. She became French over the last couple of weeks. Well, you can talk to her in French and whatever. She knows everything French, French-wise. I don't know anything about French. Well, one thing, <laughs> French fries. And... <laughs> French toast. <laughs> now I'm French toast. <laughs> I'll be French toast for sure uh, by my lady. <laughs> what is he doing? Just give him a microphone and look what he does. <laughs> he just lost it. <laughs> I get this kind of presupposition from the Lord maybe that in us is some kind of tinker. <laughs> but a, a tinker um, fixing things. Um, like, to, you know, I don't know. Some of y'all like to work with metal or wood. Do you like to work with those kind of things or uh, go around the house and repair things, make things nice, uh, restore little tiny things? Some of us get into tinkering around. Um, uh, Taylor, you know, uh, there's component of related to dress and the way our, our clothing and our presentation. I know I have a very odd kind of get up that I go for. It may throw some people. I don't really care anymore. I'm we have our own kind of like style thing going, right? And it sort of characterizes our, the way our image, the way we're coming off or whatever. And, um, and so there's something of a tailor in each one of us, I think, and the outfit and the choice of the way that we uh, present. Uh, soldiering, um, I like to think of soldiering sort of like um, loyalty. Um, I was military, as I said earlier, but mostly like this sort of loyalty and um, integrity, consideration for others above ourselves, that deep down aside, we, the good people that you are, um, we go out of our way for others. I think we, this characterizes us as a nation, you know, pretty greatly that we have this kind of propensity and driving us, and I'm sure that you do. There's many of you in here that I know, some of you I know personally, some of you I I don't know everyone in here. I see some of y'all, but it's it's like looking through a glass darkly. (laughs) But when love fully comes, you know. And then the spy, um, the inquisitive mind, the inquisitive searcher, the one who's looking for something different, uh, the Sherlock Holmes kind of people that you are, that we have this kind of inquisitive nature about us and we're looking for the next thing. We're always sort of looking, trying to grow in that. And, and, and so this is a characterization, I think, and I don't want to overly, let's see, what is that word? Epitomize, is that the right word? Something down into something that 
maybe doesn't characterize everything, which because these four things cannot characterize everything. But what had happened was, is we're going through a series called Starfighter Den. And so if you haven't been around us, I was going around the house and the Lord, he speaks to me um, like internal audible. Um, I don't know if he's ever spoke to me audibly, but I'm going around the house and he says, uh, I, we were in Starfield Astrosite, which was our last series, which is absolutely brilliant, by the way, not because of me, but because of the Lord uh, showing how to take the mind of Christ and integrate it in the upgrade of the human brain. It's fascinating series, Starfield Astrocyte. Get the Galactic Progeny SoundCloud, SoundCloud Galactic Progeny. Listen, listen to it. It's really cool. Uh, but then when I'm going around, I was, the words prepping me for the next series, Starfighter Den. And I was like, that's cool. I'm like in on Starfighter Den. And um, we get into it, and I told the story last week, and it's all sort of like you've got to be comforted. And so we had went through, we're in this series, and so if you've not been with us, and we started out, we're in these X2M, which means Exit 2 Millennium, as an acronym, 166, Quake, then we go to 167, Comfort, and then last week, which was really cool, Come Quat May. It was a play on words of Come What May. And um, Kara had come up with Come Quat May, and we were laughing a lot over it. And so, but today I, I was saying, you know, what's the new word? Because he said it'll be all Q words. So we've been in this Q. We did P words for a long time, but then the word's like, you got to move from your P's to your... And so we're in these Q words. And so now it's, it's, I was asking, well, what, is, what do you want to say for this week? And he said, quatrain. But he said, but all, all four of these words, we changed the lettering on them. And so it's, it's not quatrain like as in Q-U-A-T-R-A-I-N. That's like, has its own thought, but this is quatrain as in R-E-I-G-N, quatrain. Got it? What is a quatrain? Quatrain, I didn't know what it was, so I had to look it up. A quatrain is a, it's a four-line stanza in a poem. So you, when you have a quatrain, you get four lines of poetry. And so I was like, interesting. And then the words like, so you're going to, so quat, quat here, just like it was kumquat may last week, quat's being pulled out of kumquat may, and now quat is this four. And so quat means four. And so when we're thinking about this and we're, we're going to, I'm going to lay this foundation and we're going to leap off together, um, moving out of this Tinker Taylor, soldier, spy, or if you want to, let's say prophet, priest, judge, and king, or queen, but to lay a foundation out of this poem or of our life of moving out of this is our basis of how we are going to move. Mankind is amazing. Uh, we're amazing, amazing what the Lord has made us in his image and likeness, incredible people, all of you and all that are outside of here, there's amazing, amazing folk. We have this phenomenal abilities and capacities. I don't know if you know that about yourself, but your capacity is limitless. It's incredible what God did when he made you, male and female, what he's designed in the infrastructure of your person. And so in the leaping off into this, the quatrain is the idea is, is that we will 
lay a foundation of prophet, priest, judge, and king. You could also lay in some basic ethics. And so in a, in a basic ethic way, we could say um, prudence. We could, we could say temperance. And we could say judgment and the ability to have courage. And these are four basic cardinal virtues that have been laid inside of man. Man in our fall have misplaced virtue so much, but these are the basic virtues. What I'm attempting to do today or what I'm going to attempt to with the Lord is launch off of a, this, these four basic virtues or prophet, priest, judge, king, queen, or to jump off of a modern day thing, tinker, tailor, soldier, spy. We're going to jump out of the quad uh, into the rain. Um, and, and I'm going to try, move through this. So let's go to the scripture because you're like, where's the word in this? Give me some scripture. And I love the word and um, that, it's fascinating. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, uh, verse 33. My kind of title on this is kind of long, like maybe, I don't know if you know Jonathan Edwards, but he had these like really long titles, but mine's not as long as his. But if you want to talk about the fool's discourse, the path to exiting to the millennial ring. And in this function of moving with the foundation that is laid on here is slipping through the whole of eternity. This is kind of the function I have today uh, from the Lord. And so let us read 2 Corinthians eleven thirty-three. I don't mean you read with me because I'm in a different translation than you probably is. And it'll sound like... I'll, but I was let down in a rope basket through a window in the city wall and I escaped his hands. This was just imprinted onto me this afternoon, not too long before I left to come to this event and, and the word's like, see it? Do you see it? And I said, I don't see it, but I, I know there's something there. And he said, I want you to see this. I want you to deliver this to my people. And I'll read it again. But I was let down in a rope basket through a window in the city wall, and I escaped his hands. Um, let's back out of it just a bit and, and move back out of the uh, word here. Again, 2 Corinthians eleven thirty-three, And I'm just going to back up. <clears throat> What's Paul going through? Paul's going to say something. Um, He's attempting to get the Corinthians to understand what he's been through. And he says in verse 12, I mean, he says, what I do, I will continue to do. I'm determined to maintain. I'm determined to, in order to cut off the claim of those who would like to claim that they work on the same terms as I do. Now, what's happening is Paul's got these super apostle guys that are going around and they're distracting the people of God off of the way of the Lord. They're, they're, um, and they're moving people away from the true path of, let's say, holiness or the true path that Paul was attempting to exhibit um, as uh, the Lord's apostle. Uh, many people have been, also have been afraid of him because he was a guy that was going around killing uh, Christians or getting letters to uh, take the lives of other believers. And Paul was, you know, a phenomenal intellect. I mean, uh, one of the greatest capacities of, of PhDs upon PhDs. And so he could be offensive to everybody. I mean, you've got this phenomenal intellectual man, but also a guy that's been killing people. And so people are a little skittish on him to just start out with. This is a, why don't we want to listen to Paul? 
maybe you would even ask yourself that today. I don't know. I think many of us that love God's word, he wrote 14 uh, sections of scripture, epistles, and we're integrated into that. And we've learned much about the Lord from what Paul had written. But again, this guy's not just the kind of guy that's just giving warms and fuzzies on people. So with that in mind, that kind of preacher in his days, the oddball out, and these other guys are going around, they're, they're working their angle. They're working something that Paul is saying that I want to distinguish myself from them because they're, they're a different kind of characterization of the kind of messaging that I'm wanting to deliver to you. Their messaging primarily, just so you know, their messaging was primarily built out of vanity and fear. A vanity on the right, that'd be our red, and fear on the left, that'd be our blue. Because uh, people can motivate by vanity really well. I mean, just look at modern day advertising. Vanity's all over it. I mean, that's how you get people to buy things. I mean, it's just vanity, 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 right? These preachers going around with this kind of vain, kind of vainglory, trying to promote themselves really more than the Lord. And then, then they had the other guys that are like, you're going to burn in hell, you know, I mean, motivating people by fear. So you can make people scared, scare, scare them half out of their wits. You, you certainly will get them over to the Lord. And Paul will say in one of his letters, I don't remember which one, but he'll say, you know, hey, in the grace of God, I've learned to be able to handle it. If they preach the gospel, at least they're doing it and motivating by, even if they motivate people by vanity or fear. But Paul's wanting to demonstrate, and it's part of what I'm attempting to demonstrate myself today in light with Paul, there's another path. There's a path of Christianity and life with the Lord that isn't motivated by vanity and, and to oppress or that seeks to impose the will onto someone else or, or by fear to manipulate someone or manipulate a people. I mean, people don't, I think, are so like put out with the church and I understand why. I was, I mean, I've been put out with it myself because of all that nonsense, you know, and we don't wanna hear any of it. But then we say, what are we gonna do? How, how then shall we live like Francis? Well, I probably botched what Francis Schaeffer said, but I mean, in some way, like how are we gonna live our life then if it isn't those two ways? And that's what Paul is attempting to do here. And he does it a very interesting way. He t again, down in verse 13, these false apostles, they're spurious, counterfeits, deceitful workmen. They're masquerading as messengers of the Messiah, but they're not. And it is no wonder because Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So is it not surprising that his servants are masquerading as ministers of righteousness and he goes on and he starts to talk about himself in this sort of fool's, what's called a fool's discourse. He says that this is, now I'm going to boast a little bit, and this is how Paul's going to handle it. He's going to, he's going to boast himself. Some people think it's kind of silly, but uh, he, he's got to basically set himself, let's just say in a quiet kind of way, with a basis of understanding about who he is so that he can present that I have the basis of what these other men have yet more, and I want to demonstrate it to you. And so he says, um, uh, verse 22, they are Hebrews. He says, are they Hebrews? Okay, so am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. 
Paul is appealing to his ethnicity, that he has the proper ethic to bring forth the gospel. My ethnicity is, is intact, and I'm a man of the covenant. I'm an Israelite. I keep covenants, what he's saying. He's saying, well, they also are Hebrew, and uh, they're Israelites. Now, that's not necessarily saying that they're covenant keepers. He's referencing back Jacob, whose name's changed to Israel, and I'm a part of this, the 12 tribes. So am I, and are they descended of Abraham? Again, going back before, you know, Abraham, before I, Jacob, so am I. I have, my, my pedigree goes all the way back. He's setting pedigree. Are they ministering servants of Christ? And then he says something, you know, I'm talking beside myself. I didn't used to really understand this until I started popping outside of myself and I was still in myself. And now that happens to me. And then I knew that, that does that happen to y'all? Y'all probably like this guy, man, he's different. And I am. Because I, it's like, how can you be in yourself and outside yourself at the same time? It's called phenomenology. And ontology mixed. He said, I'm talking beside myself. I am more. I'm, I'm far more extensive and abundant labors and imprisonments and countless stripes and frequently the point of death. What are you talking about, Paul? Now, Paul starts this fool's discourse again. He starts to say that these guys and I have the same quad. We have the same basis of, of, of relating. But however, look, while we may have the same basis, while we may have things that we share that are in common, I want to distinguish for you what true apostolic ministry looks like. I want to show you that it looks like this. I've been afflicted heavily. Five times by the hands of the Jews, 40 lashes minus one. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And he keeps on going many times in journeys. And he goes through his whole process. And he takes us down to toil and hardship. And 29, who is weak? And I do not feel his weakness. His characterization as God's apostle, has been, he's been through some stuff, some real hardship, some difficulty. And why, are you, you know, why are you telling us this, Paul? Because I, I think he's juxtaposing himself to the false apostolic and saying these guys, they highlight their um, charisma, ability, their what they can bring to the table. They're highlighting things out of vanity or again, out of fear. They're, we can bring it. He said, no, I, I'm not going to come off that way. I'm going to show you that this path was filled with weakness and affliction and difficulty. Now, I'm, you know, everybody might at this point just like, forget this Christianity thing. I don't, you know, I don't know if Paul was trying to motivate somebody this but you as God's sons and daughters that are under the sound of my voice right now, you know that in some way listening to Paul say this brings you some sort of comfort, doesn't it? Because you've been through some stuff, haven't you, in saying yes to him. And that if you haven't been through anything yet, you will. The Christian life isn't just filled with it's not just a bed of roses. You're going to stand for things. You're going to go through some stuff. Some people in the end of the age, it talks about a revelation, are going to go all the way to the death called martyrdom. 
Let's not like overly colored in a wrong way. God's called us as faithful witnesses, martyrion, like pistos or something, the one who is a faithful to the death. Paul's exhibiting this kind of nature and a friend of mine years ago, he called it the death love. It's this beautiful, and, and if you've ever felt the death love, if you've ever felt the cross just penetrate into your inner, inner, when you stood for him and you felt the glory of saying yes in the middle of adversity and trial, and you were just like, I'll be faithful to you. I'll, I'll be loyal to you in the face of, of difficulty, shame, guilt, pain coming against you. Paul's saying this is, this is the path. Um, Christian, this is the path believer. He's not, the Holy Spirit's not allowing us to just see something that's not in the text here that's not instructive for us. He's wanting us to understand that, that this path, that your own, the, the ancient path that Karen Maine talked to me about this weekend um, at her house, this ancient path that, we've, um, that we're trotting, Collider, that we're together in, that we, we've, uh, we've set our course on and be filled with difficulty at times. And then this is the glory of, of, of this and I won't drop it too fast, but he goes on and he says, if I'm gonna boast, I'm gonna boast in my infirmity. I've even been made so weak that I've become contemptible to others. You know, it's like, how in the world is God going to get anything done with a man like that? You know, how's he going to, how's Paul going to ever be anything? Being contemptible, you know, someone taking up contempt. Right, it takes me back to, to um, Michael, uh, David's wife, with contempt, watching him dance before the Lord in his underwear. That's like the king of Israel, he's in his underwear. What is he doing? This contempt that comes against and wants to come against the very nature of the very God that is uh, murking inside of you to tell you that's not true, to tell you circumstantially that it's not tr- that He's not true and He's not real, and someone else wagging their heads at, at us and sticking their nose up, or this this uh, hatred that can come out of other people, especially our enemy, and in the middle of the, all of that, sometimes we're feeling like, man, there's a lot of truth in the contemptibleness of myself. I don't really, I don't necessarily look the part, fit the part. I don't feel the part. You know, half of me is going in over here and over there and I say weird words and I do things that people don't know what I'm doing and I'm awkward. You know what I mean? You're peculiar, aren't you? I mean, I know I am. I just fit ahead and just get over it. It just is what it is. I love mullets. I love them. I, I want one, but Carol won't let me have one, and I have to submit to her. I want a full-blown mullet. <laughs> I'm awkward. <laughs> I was trying to protect myself from my awkwardness my whole life, and I realized just bring out the awkward. You know, and you are too, aren't you? To some extent, there's something special, that unique about you that's peculiar to other people. What has happened to him or her? You know, they're the oddball out. And you're like, I am. <laughs> you know, 
Because I, I'm sorry to learn this. This is kind of like my part of my training. You want more affliction or affection? I was like, I need more affection than be who you are. Let me be myself in you. Because this affliction is coming to you because you're wanting to characterize yourself or by some other malu that has nothing to do with what I've done inside of you. I've called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. I made you different. I made you with your own prosopon in the Greek persona. I made you unique and special and you're just not gonna come off like anyone else and neither are you. You're not meant to. And it's like this resistance, social awareness, self-awareness. I gotta be like here, sort of trying to bend to every other. No, but the Lord's like, I wanna give you my divine nature and basically take who you are and make it explosive. You know, I like you. I like me too now. I like myself more every day. I wake up, pitch myself because I like myself so much. I love myself. Because <laughs> when I was a sinner, he died for me. He loves me, so I love myself because he first loved me. Love yourself because he loves you and your uniqueness and specialness and peculiarness. Like, please, I'm like, uh, please give us some drama, you know. <laughs> you know, come up with something, you know, something wild and crazy and, and uh, ask Kara to please let me have my mullet back. No, no. That, oh, yeah, that might work. I'll ask her in French. I don't even know if that word's in. How do you say mullet in French? We better figure that out. Guys, I'm warming up here. I'm just getting warmed up. In Damascus, <laughs> in Damascus, I was, I was telling Stephen this weekend, I was like, I've got this picture. I hope my mom can find it. I'm like on a golf, a go-kart, and I'm like flexing my arm. I was like, I don't know how old I was. I got this cut-off shirt with Voltron on the front. I got a full-blown mullet, and I think I'm like the coolest person I ever was. I even like took my kid picture for show and tell at school and told everybody, look at my picture because I had a mullet. <laughs> and I thought I was a cool, I'm coming out with this. I'm coming out. <laughs> I've, I've kept this inside and I'm just not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my sideburns like Elvis and stuff. I gotta get back on the text, dad. I'm totally out of hand here. I've lost my mind. <laughs> Oh, oh, please, that was so wrong, Elizabeth. I'm hurting over here, I'm hurting. Chopped it up, sent me to Joseph. The, that guy over there at the barbershop, he said, just let me have my way with you, Carol. I was like, please don't help. Cut the whole thing off. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, thank you for using that. We'll use that with Kara too. Does, Anyways, I would never call her Delilah. She's, she's phenomenal. She's a woman of God, straight up. She's got the Nazarite vow on her. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> she'll, keep, she'll keep you straight. 32, in Damascus, the city governor acting under King Artas guarded the city of Damascus on purpose to arrest me. Now, and it gets back to my... my primary text verse, and I was actually let down. 
And I was actually let down. This is Amplified Classic. And I was actually let down. You actually were, Paul. You were let down. And this is your path, because this is the path of the Lord, to be actually let down. Now, this is, takes me back to when we started worship. It's like some people were dealing with despair and despondency. But the Lord's like, it's not exactly the way you look at it. Is I, was, I was actually let down. The Lord, man, he just highlights this to me. To, right before I get here, he's a, I was actually let down in a basket, a small door in the wall. And I escaped through his fingers. Stay with me. Stay with this. This is the path, the apostolic path. We, we've seen what he's doing. He's running the fool's discourse, but now he's actually been let down. So I, I went and checked this and because it's in Acts 9. 23 through 25, and so now after some days had passed, the Jews plotted together to kill him, but Saul learned of their plot against him, and they were also watching the city gates day and night so that they could kill him. I, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, Starfighter Dan's got to find a path. Starfighter Dan is under threat. The Lord's like, you're going to preach to them today the wisdom that I'm giving in this so that they will know that in this end times, when those, and I hopefully you remember this sermon, when they seek to kill them, that I can show a path. Because he's like, you're preaching an end time message. You're preaching a last day's message today, son. You know, and that's, that's the burden of the ministry I've received from the Lord is I'm, I'm here with the remnant we're running this thing out to the end till we see our, our king pop the eastern sky, right? And we need the wisdom tools and the understanding of how this path runs. Is that because when we get to this point where we're actually let down, why? Someone's actually seeking to take your life. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm talking about real threat here. I'm not talking about like demons are coming. To, I mean, demons are in some body per and it's got into someone, and they're coming for you. And then you feel that I was actually let down. I hope you don't forget this message, because I don't know what Starfighter Dan will be doing next week. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, man, and I'm feeling despair, and I mean, they're coming for me and my family. I want you to remember this message. The Holy Spirit wants it put into you, even if I have to take a little extra time with you in it. Being salt to kill but his disciples took him at night and let him down let him down through an opening in a wall by lowering him in a basket God's got a way in the middle of this whole thing that we're about to navigate through that is coming on us folks uh, he's got a path and uh and we long ago have had to leave the path of actualizing ourselves in the sense of the vanity and, and the fear. We've had to say, I'm done with that apostolic message that wasn't an apostolic message in the first place. 
that was trying to appeal to our appeal to vanity and appeal to fear that I'm done with that message. And, and many of us, the remnant, have went on and said, I'm done, I'm done with it, but we've got to go down this other path. And we've dealt with affliction. We've dealt with troubles on every side. And we felt the pain of saying yes to the Lord. And, and then to get to the point where we've come through all of it like we have, and then to be let down. Because is he going to take care of us? And, and many of you, and I, I imagine this, and maybe as this message goes out, and it does, it's in, I don't know, over 100 nations, a galactic progeny is that, that you can see. And it's, it's really not up to us to decide the day and the hour that the Lord will call each one of us home. That's not our business. But here, here listen, hear me. To, um, in the middle of being let down, we could assume or think that in the middle of that emotional thing that he's forsaken us. And it could be the very moment of release. And it, just like it was today in this event when that dissonance happens at the very beginning and you feel that in the room. It's like the very reality of these worship sets are demonstrating the very nature and feeling and emotion that we may experience because the Lord isn't, he's giving us real time experiences corporately so that we can experience the letdown so that we can also experience the way through the wall that the Lord has a door, a window. And our worship leader today found it and took us on through. Stephen found it. He found an opening in the wall. I found an opening in the middle of a ceiling that was trying to pervade over us and tell us, and, you know, we're not going to, how are we, I don't know. Found a path through. We find it, Steve Scroggs is writing me, he said, the spirit of breakthrough is here. What, to break through and break open through the wall. The Lord tells me, take them through the slipstream. Slip through the hole of eternity. Slip on through. We're learning. We're being trained this way to, to move through this. But notice in the text where he's at and what's going on. It was this Syrian assault that had come against, uh, was coming against Paul in where? Damascus. Now listen to this, I, uh, 1 Kings 20, verse 28, because sometimes we need to know and understand the nature of I'm let down, I'm going to find the hole, the path on through. So we know that much now that there is a path in the middle of all of this that God has made for us. Job will talk about it. There's a way that man, that no man know it, no bird can know it. It's a way called wisdom. The Syrian mindset is what's pervading onto the context of Paul's problem that he's going through. And uh, you've heard me say this before, but it bears repeating. 1 Kings 20 verse 28, the man of God came and said to the king of Israel, thus says the Lord, because the Syrians, and if you don't know this, Damascus is in Syria. So hopefully you see the geographic connection here. But a man of God came and said to the king of Israel, thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said it, said this, the Lord is the God of the mountains or hills but he's not God of the valleys. Because the Syrian says that in their heart, that he's God of the mountain, but not of the valley, therefore I will deliver all this great multitude into your hands. 
Syria is going to suffer because of a mindset. No way. I thought it was because they're like attacking Israel. The text is saying they've got a mindset. They're, they're saying that he's God of the mountains, but he's not of the valley. He's not the God of everyday life. Hear this. They're looking for a high all the time, but they don't know how to know God in being let down. They've not come to recognize the God who's in the middle of the letdown and maybe actually allowing the letdown. That can't be God. I'm in the middle of, why would he allow affliction in my life or hardship? That can't be him. It's all supposed to be uh, happy-go-lucky. He can't be in the pain or the sadness. Yes, he is. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Cast all your cares. What cares if you don't have any? You know what I mean? Why would he even put it in there? Cast all your cares on me for I what? He, he's not like anti-sad or anti-upset. He might even be allowing some things that are emotionally that we're experiencing. I don't think Jesus was very happy about being nailed to a cross. I bet it hurt really, really bad. I bet he cried. Any man would if you're having nails thrust through your wrist or your hands. I mean, that's painful through your feet. I mean, and being whipped like that. I mean, he's acquainted with what? Our, what, with what? what it, he'll wipe every tear from what? God's not anti-letdown. Like he's not somehow, oh, you got to get the thing because, you know, you're feeling bad. Oh, get, get, get out of there and act like you're, get into denial. You know, that's what some people do or go hide somewhere because they don't want anybody to see them like that. Let's just be real. We go through stuff, don't we? So the point is here is this God is God of the mountains just like he is in the letdown. He may be like so into the letdown. I'll tell you, I've found that he's so into it because I've, he's like, will you look at me in the middle of the letdown? I mean, can you look at me when you're hurting you know, I don't have anywhere else to go but to use, oh man, you know, I tell you what, I think that brings more glory to the Lord than all our rapturous joy. Now, don't get me wrong, I, he loves both. I'm not, he's not against, but I tell you, when you're going through something and you're, you're really struggling and you say, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna look at him, I'm gonna keep my eyes on you. And, or, you know what, I'm really mad at you right now and at least you're honest, you know. Be honest with the Lord. He already knows everything you're feeling and thinking, Right? Because I believe that if we can see that, we can begin to see the hole that's in the window and the hole that brings freedom from captivity and release in the middle of, is he going to take care of me or not? I brought a Syrian into their hands because their mindset was off. Their mindset is saying, oh, he's God of the great big thing, but he's not God in the, in the daily, everyday minutia of everyday life. That compromised Syria and Israel took them because of that. Help, Carol. Matthew 7, 12 through 14, this is the help of the Lord. And so then whatever you desire that others would do to and for you, even do so also to and for them for this the law and the prophet is summed up. Enter through the narrow gate. 
For wide is the gate and spacious and broad is the way that leads away to destruction and many are those who are entering through it. But the gate is narrow. The window in the hole, this path, it's narrow. is contracted by pressure. And the way is straightened and compressed that leads to life. And few, right, are those that find it. Well, hey, guys, good news. Paul gets through the window, gets let down, finds the path through, and guess what happens next? 2 Corinthians 12 comes online. You know 2 Corinthians 12, 7? Or I don't know that exact verse, but whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. I knew a man... 14 years ago that was called up to heaven. Now, I want you to see this because I was like, oh, Lord, in the letdown, through the slipstream of the hole in the wall, Paul is led to a third heaven encounter. And the Lord said, yes, you see it. You see what I'm wanting you to see today to tell them. I'm wanting you to see the path through. This is the path, and I, this is the way through Um, And I believe we experienced it today, actually, corporately, because we got up into that. And he took me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10 and 13. This came a few number of weeks ago at the beginning of Starfighter, Dan, and and Jeff Manning had mentioned these passages to me, and I want to bring these out. Ephesians 4, 8 through 10 and verse 13, Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he led the captives, uh, captivity captive, He led a train of vanquished foes, and he bestowed gifts to men. Um, But and and that comes out of Psalm 68. But he ascended. Now, now, what can this what what can this he ascended mean? That he had previously descended. The Lord Himself had a previous descent before a what? An ascent. The Lord, in a way, like Paul, was let descended. He descended before there was an ascent. And so you see the same pattern here in Ephesians 4 of the, uh, the main chief apostle of our confession and faith, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he has revealed to us this path so I mean, mean but that he had previously descended from the heights of heaven into the depths, the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the very same as he also ascended high above all the heavens that he might feel all things, the whole universe from the lowest to the highest that he might develop until we... All attain. Now, I moved off of this because he gives the fivefold ministry, and I that gets so overly emphasized. And I'm not against it. It's the word of God, but I'm not that the Lord don't want me emphasizing fivefold ministry right now. He wants me to emphasize the fruit of fivefold ministry that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith. And in the comprehension of the full knowledge of the Son of God. He, he's talking about in, um, that we would be brought to full um, measure of the attainment of the very nature of Christ in us. 
Now you see it, do you see it? Do you see the, uh, the quatrain? <laughs> do you see the quatrain of the reign of God and the train of his, of, of his train in the temple? Do you see the process of, do you see what's going on here? Do you see how it narrows down into a little slipstream window, a narrow path that comes and opens up into the feel of the whole universe? But not just feel the universe, but to feel us fully with the full measure of Christ in us. Do you see the pattern of the sun that is, is being seen in the very nature of God's apostle Paul? He's revealing to us the path and the nature of the path and the way this path works. We don't have to listen to those super apostles that are using vanity and fear or using other things to mesmerize us. We hear the true path of the Lord. Because he'll bring us to full knowledge, not just intellectual, comprehensive, a comprehensive knowing of the very divine life inside of us. Full comprehension of Christ's nature in us built out of the heavens, right? That it might develop until we all attain this oneness that we would have real unity. And you know we're experiencing that here. We have this wonderful fellowship together. This unity that it was required really for us to ascend every week corporately. There's a unity that has to come in the room and, and you can feel it. And if somebody in here is doing their own thing, we have to wait on you. So please don't do that. Stop doing your own thing and like get into the Lord and let's get on up into the heavens. A really mature manhood, womanhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and the completeness that is found in him. What is this? And uh, you know, I heard a preacher this last week say, the mystery that's unveiled and that you see in Ephesians. I, I learned about this mystery very much at X2M89. Uh, it, there's a message called subliminal. And it's this phenomenal backstory, but I put all the notes together on this. And, and I spoke to some of you that were there under uh, the, the grossest pavilion. This mystery of the kingdom of heaven is this, namely that Christ, his own divine nature would take over in full stature of the human being. Ladies, gentlemen, this is the plan of the father in the, in the age before the second coming of the Lord. I want to tell you in earnest, uh, today I've been able to, by the authority of the Lord, present the methodology, really, the way that he does things that are seen clearly in Scripture, that when you come up into that experience with the Lord, Paul says his words so lofty a man can't utter them. And as y'all know, I say a bunch of odd words myself, don't I? I mean, where'd you get galactic progeny and clastronaut and all these odd, it's because it's odd. There's words that are hard to describe. There's words that are coming out of you that you might, <laughs> sort of like a little baby talks. <laughs> They're like, I got you. I'm picking up what you're saying. That was amazing. <laughs> I feel the Lord on that one, right? There's something coming out that we don't really fully comprehend or understand or know it's come out of heaven. 
It's a language that maybe we're not familiar with. It maybe would make us uncomfortable. It's a di- an expression of God in us that is just kind of, you know, peculiar. And yet the Lord has deemed it so. For this great mystery, the unveiling at the end of the age, that the Father wants the whole family to come into the fullness of the stature of Christ. A divine nature in us feeling the whole entire vessel. Not some kind of partial thing. Not just a partial Christ, but a full reality of quality of God's life in us. He's looking for this quality and a quantity across the whole earth that he's, he's examining the earth for. And they've been waiting and longed for, I believe, for the last 2,000 years he would have this and this message is beginning to message out and come out in this end time. And every time that you run the slipstream, you run through the window and run through the door. Every time that you come on through, and I want to say this uh, with clarity because the Lord, you know, telling me right now, say this to them. There's a transposition. There's a divine nature transformation, a transfiguration is occurring in your soul as, as we um, encounter the Lord in this, uh, these events. And not to say that you can't encounter the Lord like this at home, you can. This is a corporate experience. You can encounter the Lord wherever. But I wanna encourage you to run, we're running this path. And you may hit that point where you feel the letdown. Don't back out. There's your window on the other side of, there's your door every time. On the other side of that is an ascension. And on the other side of that ascension is transformation. You're being, you are being transformed every time you go that path. I said, Lord, how many times? He's like, just keep coming. You know, don't stop until I get back. And I, I said, oh, that's my occupy until you come. That's our occupation. <laughs> you know, for real. That's your occupation. You as a believer, that's your primary modus operandi. All this other stuff that we do is not your primary mode. The mode's been presented to you today. That's your mode. That's your occupy until he comes back. Now, I'm, I'm looking for encounter. I'm going through. And yeah, I'm going to feel a letdown right before a breakthrough because descent comes before ascent. Let's stand together. Just like you were experiencing today in this worship set. Whew, yeah. Oh, man, I feel you, Lord. Whew. Oh, he's so pleased, I can tell you. He's so pleased. They said, she said, I said, I should have done, I could have done, I would have done. And yet your eyes are still on me, says the Lord. Oh man, it's just like, it's, um, it's making the Lord so blessed. Uh, he feels so blessed because of you. You're blessing his name every time when you're just, my eyes are fixed on you, my gaze is set on you. I have nowhere else to go but to you. Yeah, but you're let down. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that's the path. I've, I've, I've been through some stuff. You've been through some stuff. No, I've been through some stuff, but you're being let down again. Uh, yeah, I was let down again, but I already know that my Redeemer liveth. <laughs> I already know. 
I know on the other side of this descent, another ascent. I know I'm climbing up through the heavens. I'm going up, 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 up and away. <laughs> Here I go. Watch me fly. I was made to fly. I was made to be limitless. I was made for glory. I was made for you. Lord's like, come up here, come up here like you spoke to the beloved John. He said, come up here and be with me. And I'll show you in the book of the scroll, I'll show you things. I've got a plan. I've got a game plan. And my primary plan is Christ in you. My primary plan is work out your salvation with fear and trembling. My primary will for your life is even your sanctification. That's my primary will. If you're questioning what am I supposed to do? No, I'm wanting to make you holy, says the Lord. I'm gonna purify your conscience. I'm going to make you all, all things new. I'm gonna let you have a mullet. <laughs> She'll submit one day as unto the Lord. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. We got, he's with us. Uh, oh, he's reminding me of this. I wanna say this, this is beautiful, this is beautiful. The great mystery of the ages unpacking itself right now. Um, listen to this, thank you for being patient. I wonder if Paul later on, he's looking at 2 Corinthians 11, 33. Oh, you remember that? He's like, this Romans 11, 33 just starts to like get into him. He says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unfathomable, how unsearchable, how inscrutable are his judgments, his decisions. How untraceable, how mysterious, how, un how undiscoverable are his ways, his methods. Listen, his paths. Well, 2 Corinthians 11.33 goes right with Romans 11.33. We can't even fathom the path of the Lord. We can't even think it's, it's so outside of our ability to, he's like, oh no, just a soul, let yourself le uh, let down because on the other side of this descent come into ascent. Deep, 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 calling unto deep, deep dive, deep dive. She looks like a crash and burn. When I flew aircraft, we had a, what's called emergency essentials. And if the whole plane like starts to go bad on the electrical, sometimes you can have just your emergency essentials, but you can still fly that bird on emergency essentials. They, all the, the engineers made it that way and you can get it on the ground. But you, you know, I remember thinking sometimes like with the Lord, we've been up here, so it's like, oh man, this thing's gonna crash, it's gonna crash, we're gonna drop it right out of the air. And I'm like thinking about myself in a jet aircraft, like, oh, you know, you know, and then, uh, oh, it got circuit breakers out everywhere. The, uh, you know, we got hydraulic leaks, the canopy just flew open. Um, uh, bird strike, uh, the two engines had flamed out. <laughs> you know, the whole thing's going to crash and then all of a sudden the Lord's like, and then next thing you know, like in a stealth fighter, <laughs> it's like, just switch the plane out. You know, this is back up. And there we go. 
just put on new skin, brand new skin, like stealth skin, like stealth architecture skin. Oh, I just get new skin, like a baby's baby skin, a new wine skin. Because that thing that was going out, it couldn't take us where we were headed. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, and uh, so instead of being upset about losing a $60 million aircraft, just got a $200 million one. You know what I'm saying? Because the Lord will reskin you. He'll put that baby skin on you, that, that skin of Christ in you. And you can fly and... and uh, he said, let the thing go. Let the old wine skin go and take in the new wine. Forget and let go of that stuff like Elizabeth had wrote and let the whole building explode if it has to so we could be just completely gone in him. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> and while you know, let's get communion together. We'll take it together. But come up for communion and, and just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. New skin, I say new skin. Let the wine of the Lord, let the riches of the Lord. Whoa, let's go. Yes, Lord. Now is the time he will Has injured us, he's broken us. Now is the time to bandage our
Jeremiah chapter 6, and this again was mentioned uh, by Karen Maine to Kara and I this weekend. Um, Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look, and ask for the eternal path, where the good old way is. And uh, maybe, you know, as we uh, prepare to take communion, that maybe, I don't know if this has crossed your mind, but Lord, I need wisdom. And, um, and that Lord would grant us wisdom to understand what is being said here. I need to know where that slipstream, I need to know where that window is. And I need wisdom to know it. And, um, and maybe just, just now that you would just agree and, um, and I can pray over you that the Lord would grant you wisdom. The wisdom to know the eternal path, to, to know that that's that place that that no man knows, but the Holy Spirit knows, and He can lead you to it. The place, the place on the other side of being let down, or being let down because you chose the path of wisdom, experiencing the letdown for the descent. But you would ask the Lord for this. We ask you, Lord, for this eternal path. Um, the, the path that you know. I pray that this wisdom over this congregation and your congregation, Lord, your remnant, even beyond our congregation, whoever hears this, would receive this wisdom now. And that knows when they're receiving this, upon receiving this wisdom in our experiences, and we'd be reminded, this is that letdown moment that I'm reminded, Lord, that I, I took that path of wisdom. I'm feeling the letdown. I'm going to remind myself that on the other side of this is glory. That on the other side of this is transfiguration. On the other side of this is true transformation. And that I can walk in this way. Um, And he says this, uh, he says, you will find rest for your soul. The pain of Jeremiah was, he said this in his day, but... I don't believe we have to say this anymore. He said that the people were saying in his day, we will not walk in it. They, they, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet who's going through suffering, is saying, guys, this is the best way. But in that day that he was in, the people said, no, we will not walk this path. But I know better than that concerning you. You see the wisdom of God and something that we have now that maybe they didn't, they didn't have The blood is paid for everything. Jesus comes, he covers it, and he's got us. That's very, you know, good segue, Lord. (laughs) He took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. and he said this is the blood of the new covenant that is poured out for you do this in remembrance of me we will walk in it Lord we will we are walking in it yes we're the was not (laughs) because he took us the Lord bless you Don't keep you. Don't make.
make his face shine on you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord grant you peace. Amen. Bless you today.
Yeah. 